Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. And this week, we are traveling to Detroit, where Jake is sitting down with Chad Livengood, who works for Cranes Detroit, about a really, and we're going to be talking about a really interesting issue that actually, while it starts in Detroit, it has ripple effects that could impact everybody in the state. That's right. And full disclosure, I am an employee of WDET, and Wayne State University owns the license of WDET, So, uh, we, but that's what we're going to be talking about. A little quick background on the situation. Four of eight members of the Wayne State Board of Governors voted to fire University President M. Roy Wilson recently, citing actions he took without notifying the board. The university says that vote is not legitimate and Wilson is still in the job. It's just the latest incident involving two sort of warring factions on the Board of Governors. And now Chad Livengood of Crane's Detroit Business reports that Governor Whitmer is looking into whether she should remove members of the board for creating a toxic atmosphere again on that board. Chad, I'm curious, is it possible for governors to remove elected officials in this way, especially of an autonomous uh, entity like a university's board? Yeah, our state constitution does create the power for the for the governor to initiate a procedure to remove officials from, from public office. It's really rare. Um, it hasn't been done in quite some time, and I'm not even sure if there, there's been an incidence in, in, in the 50-some years' history of this constitution that it has done been done at the university board level. But basically, you have to find um, a public official in violation of either malfeasance or misfeasance. And malfeasance is more just general corruption. We've got we've got the goods of criminal criminal activity. Misfeasance is a lot broader and a lower threshold, and it's it's kind of one of these um, terms of uh, of art in, in in the law. It's kind of like high uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. We've heard a lot um, of that lately. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it has it has a a, um, a broad, almost political interpretation of what is misfeasance. And this uh, kind of ongoing acrimony that seems almost perilous for one of the state's universities, that's what the governor's office is exploring, whether there, whether there's a threshold that could be met there to remove any number of these, of these duly elected statewide officials. Now, just to remind everyone, Michigan State, Wayne State, and the University of Michigan all have elected boards. Um, the other 13 boards of the state are appointed, or 12 boards, rather, are appointed by the governor. But these ones are, are etched in the Constitution to be, to be elected by voters, although most people wouldn't know these people. They typically, if they're a Republican, they vote for Republican members for, for the Wayne State Board and if they're Democrat, uh, vice versa. So this is uh, this has some statewide implications, uh, but at the same time, this is a very much a, a big, huge uh, infight uh, down in Wayne State. Chad, give us a little bit of a history lesson on the sort of governor's power to remove elected officials. Has this really been done before? You mentioned that it was hasn't really been done as far as a board of governors, but has it been done in other ways? Well, most people will remember the most recent major high-profile attempt to remove an elected official was in 2008 when then-Governor Jennifer Granholm uh, initiated the proceedings to remove Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick from office after he had been already convicted of, of uh, 
of uh, lying uh, to um, in, in open court about his affair that uh, set off this huge scandal, uh, known as the text message scandal. Um, Governor Granholm essentially started moving to, to, to take him out of office through this uh, procedure of malfeasance. And he eventually um, uh, sort of surrendered uh, and uh, and resigned, and then he ended up going to jail, obviously. Um, but that was the most you know, recent uh, example. There's another couple cases where pe- where local officials just recently have been asking for uh, the removal of um, of the Jackson County Sheriff, um, who has uh, a real checkered uh, past of history of, of of saying derogatory things about minorities and and women. And um, Steve Rand and and uh, to date, uh, this governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, and the last governor, Rick Snyder, basically kind of refused to uh, take up that case. So there's there's some interesting, um, you know, competing requests out there essentially for the governor to always uh, take out elected officials. There was another example in uh, Macomb County recently. Uh, where there was where there was going uh, last a couple years ago, uh, related to um, the uh, trash hauling scandal up there, mm. uh, taking out a township official uh, who eventually resigned as well. Chad, one of the things that I think people might want to pay attention to with this case and that aspect of our state constitution is when there is an elected official that is acting in a way that uh, in by whatever standard might disqualify them from continuing in that office. I think a lot of voters think that the recourse there is a ju- it simply lies in the recall process or or an election um, but this sort of highlights the fact that there is another avenue for removal from office yeah and recall as you might recall um, was made much <laughs> more difficult uh, by the legislature right. about six or seven years ago um, after one of their own got taken out in a recall uh, they they tightened up the rules. It is extremely difficult uh, to to initiate a recall campaign now. We saw one was pulled off, uh, well, at least got to the ballot in Flint um, a year or so ago against the former mayor there uh, who survived it. But but they're very hard to to uh, to initiate to get to pass the signatures um, for at least for for statewide officials and for the legislature and certainly the governor would take like 900,000 signatures um, mm-hmm. which is like three times what it takes to to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot and so it's very very difficult uh, bar to reach uh, to get that many voters uh, spread out across the entire state chat I think when we think about uh, university boards and really, big issues, really uh, controversial issues, and maybe even scandals, a lot of people's heads turn to Michigan State University and the scandal that happened at Michigan State University with the ex-sports doctor Larry Nassar. There might be some people who are thinking that, you know, if if the governor is going to step in and Wayne State, why wouldn't she step in at Michigan State University? Is this something that Governor Whitmer has looked into? Um, and, and if not, why Wayne State and not Michigan State? Is there a difference there? You know, I didn't ask the governor about Michigan State when I talked to her uh, last week, but um, it is certainly a fair point uh, if you if you look at the just the chaos that has ensued on Michigan State's board. Uh, you had a, a recent uh, resignation of um, Nancy uh, Schlitting, uh, a former CEO of Henry Ford uh, Health System, who was appointed by Governor Rick Snyder to to fill uh, the position that uh, was vacated by uh, George Perlis, uh, uh, the, the um, uh, and she just basically had enough of of, of the um, 
continued uh, rancor and also just what she described as sort of dysfunction. Uh, and she thought that the, that the board was not uh, coming to terms yet with uh, the problem and the culture uh, that it had permeated uh, that allowed, uh, a, a, you know, a, a sex uh, pedophile like Mike Larry Nassar, Nassar to continue working on campus for two decades. Um, not, to me, not least to mention that the pr- former president, Luann Simon, who is now facing mm-hmm. criminal charges and going to trial, um, there's all this, uh, you know, ex- extra um, uh, fallout, um, and nobody at the board level really has been held account. There have been some who have left, um, but uh, yeah, there are certainly a number of people out there who would like to see uh, a certain couple of the board members' heads, uh, and it's hard to get them out because they serve on, I believe, six or eight year terms, and they and they 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 just they just take a long time to cycle out to the next election, so. Um, that that would seem like uh, a lot of people would would say, "Hey, wait, wait, let's go, let's go clean house at MSU before we go to Wayne State." Chad, I'm curious if you can speak to just this way that we govern our public universities in Michigan. For one thing, uh, is this a normal way for states to govern to govern the the way that these universities are run, um, and uh, why do we do it this way? That we're um, in the minority of, of states that have elected uh, university boards. They're almost all uh, appointed in some fashion by the governor or having uh, some input from uh, legislative leaders. Uh, this and, and it's also really rare to have just a few of your universities uh, with with statewide elected uh, boards. And so, and and obviously, as I mentioned earlier, they're 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 highly partisan positions. I mean. Uh, Ron Weiser is like the best example, former chairman of the Republican Party of Michigan, longtime big GOP mega donor, donor Ann Arbor, uh, real estate developer. Uh, it took Ron three election cycles to get nominated and win um, a seat on the U of M Board of Regents. He wanted nothing more than that. If he had been a, 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 um, a, a Western Michigan University graduate, um, he probably could have just basically um, well, bought his way onto the board, mm. basically. He could have just donated <laughs> money. Right. Uh, like that's what normally um, uh, the other other universities are just big-time donors to the university typically. Um, Almost who, like a U.S. ambassador in some ways. Well, and Ron actually has served as one of those. Right. Um, uh, uh, probably, Super topical. Probably in part uh, because of, of his uh, of his past uh, donations uh, to the Republican Party and, and people with the last name Bush. Um, and uh, – and so, yeah, I mean, this, it's, kind of, it's highly unusual. You have to spend all this time politicking uh, to get to basically get nominated by what amounts to 1,200, 1,300 people mm-hmm. at, a, at a state party convention um, in August uh, and then get on the ballot and then tr- and then basically try to play, play the sweepstakes of whether you're in a Republican wave year or Democratic wave year, which is what we kind of have in this state. Another thing that uh, the getting rid of uh, straight party ticket voting on the Michigan ballot has something to do with as well. Yeah, no, that and it's always been this bellwether to try to basically figure out what the base of of, uh, of the re- Republican base and Democratic base was by just looking at the at the statewide board um, uh, candidates and, and the outcome there. And now it's being really scrambled, um, and because there's no longer a straight party voting. Uh, there's obviously the fear that uh, there's just a lot of fall-off vote and you'll have 10 or maybe even 20 percent fewer voters at the bottom of the ballot than you had at the top of the ballot. Mm-hmm. And that, and and so um, there's a whole different little cottage industry game 
in in political um, uh, campaign work uh, centered around around getting onto these university boards because they're powerful and they're they're multi billion dollar companies in this state uh, essentially. The University of Michigan has got one of the biggest health systems and one of the most uh, important health systems, really, uh, in the in the in the Midwest and, and arguably maybe even the country. Um, and there's a lot of power there. I mean, and and they're in the midst of um, making some big decisions. Um, they're they're building a new billion dollar hospital in Ann Arbor, and they're going to want to build a um, uh, maybe a seven hundred million dollar. Uh, campus in Detroit, uh, and same for Michigan State. They got, they've got, they got, they're in the midst of this huge, uh, the big Efrib project, uh, bring uh, you know advanced, uh, um, advanced uh, scientific technology that I can't even describe in a podcast um, <laughs> uh, to the university. But um, it's important. We've been told mm-hmm. it's important, and uh, and and so th- these these universities have immense power and. Um, and these boards are the only level of accountability uh, that's there, um, but um, but there's you know there's question about how 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 accountable the boards are. Chad, we've kind of talked a little bit about the the pluses and minuses of this method of selecting uh, members of the board, and this is something that lawmakers have in the past introduced bills to change the method. Is this something that you see changing in the future? Do you think that there will, given you know what's been going on at MSU now, what's going on at Wayne State, do you see a potential appetite from lawmakers to change how these uh, people get their seats? I think there's some appetite, but the the problem with this is kind of the same problem with a lot of things in Lansing, is um, the focus has to be there to do it, uh, and you have to be committed. If you want to ch- change, you know, g- get a constitutional amendment on the ballot, and and change the way we elect this board or the statewide board of education, you got to get you got to get focused and stay on that. And and the problem with, with because of term limits is people just turn over so often. Um, it's it's not very common. I mean, I've I've told people this uh, in sort of uh, public forums and ask about higher education in general, and I I said there's really not been a strategic higher education policy in this state for the better part of two decades, uh, basically this entire century. Um, the strategy has been in out of Lansing. Uh, either we're cutting your budget or we're just going to give you a stagnant increase and here's a bunch of stipulations in order to get the stagnant increase. you got to restrain your tuition. Um, you might recall the, the, the era when they were putting um, boilerplate language into the bill, into the budget bill for higher ed saying you can't spend money on health insurance plans for kids because it looks like it's Obamacare to us. I mean, there was mm-hmm. just all kinds of policy um, that had nothing to do with really the larger strategic um, aspects of the university. Um, and so, so some of this, uh, some of this kind of just goes back to just sort of parochial fights, uh, like like the Wayne State uh, University uh, battle. It's just clearly kind of basically a personality difference. Uh, four board four board members don't like this president; they want to get rid of him, and they just can't flip a fifth person. All right, Chad Livengood with Crane's Detroit Business. Thanks again for joining us on Mishmash. Hey, thanks for having me. That's all for Mishmash. I'm Jake Neer. and I'm Shana Roth. Thanks for listening.